prompted by um, the wonderful work that our British colleagues are doing. You know, as I said the other day, you can do almost anything if you push hard within the education sectors in Britain. You cannot bring certain things to the public because of royalty issues. And I don't think we've pushed it to that extent here, but it's an issue we're going to have to come to terms with. As, as Mara just stated quite eloquently, many students never enter a classroom. Um, we're all living longer. Education doesn't end. We're realizing that MIT, long ago with OpenCourseWare, realized their students come from all across the world. Um, many researchers and investigators are unaffiliated. There's this thing that's um, becoming quite an issue now, which is citizen science. Citizen scientists have always played a significant role in ornithology, in astronomy. You know, Shoemaker Levy, I guess it's Levy, was an amateur astronomer. I've seen him speak, but I forgot which one. Mathematics for hundreds of years, and I'm, these are just a few examples. My spouse is a wildlife rehabilitator. This is a field that's made up mostly of working-class rural women. They publish a peer-reviewed journal, and a bunch of people have contributed to a peer-reviewed text that Blackwell is publishing. These are minimum wage workers, for the most part, who wouldn't be able to afford to buy the book, but they're going to get an author's copy. And they're the kind of people that need access to the latest and the best educational material. I myself um, was just a beneficiary last year of a Mellon grant through the National Film Preservation Foundation to do the field guide to sponsored films. I needed to do 2,000 ProQuest searches to, um, to pull together detail for my book. I'm not a scholar. I'm not an affiliated scholar. The San Francisco Public Library only gets the times, and they'll cut you off after a while, and they have, I think, a license for one user. Um, many, many situations like that. We know that the educational system is broken in many places. The fixes are parallel. They're not serial. We need to make the basic source materials open and available to all. It's one way to get closer to an even playing field. So I'm hoping that one thing that comes out of this is that we don't make deals that are just for the ed sector. We don't even know what that is right now. And it's elitist and, and potentially ruinous to draw lines. So the lawyers, licensors, and distributors in this room, out of this room, or, um, were once in this room. I would hope that we can write language that clears content for education in every form of media, all venues, locations, territories, and contexts. Maybe we can monkey wrench it somehow so that education becomes universal. We need to quit making education a special interest is, is really what I'm saying. Um, and point two, um, this has been a, a tremendous conference. I've learned quite a lot and there's sort of this amazing array of efforts that are proceeding in parallel towards what appears to be a common goal. Um, my question is what is the common goal? Um, many of us, most of us are here to report on particular projects or particular interests that admittedly point in a certain direction and share uh, commonly held assumptions. Um, and many of these projects have reached the execution stage. It's, it's very cool. These are not, you know, demo, demo proofs. But I think that with a few exceptions, most of us are working on details of a very big picture. And I worry that the big objective is receding into the distance. It continues to recede. Um, so this morning, talking with Paul Gerhardt uh, before he left, he said, put it this way, Rick, and he was right. What would, what would we do if we were building public television from scratch today? If this was day one of public television, or as they call it in England, public service broadcasting, which is 
different and better. Could we build a TV service that was totally open to all from day one? And then at the same time, could we visualize and execute the parallel project, which is to free everything that's ever been made? Um, more of us probably want to free archives than to keep them locked up. Um, but we are all waiting for permission. And I would submit that no great leap forward has ever occurred with permission from everybody involved. It just doesn't happen. Um, somebody's going to have to disobey and let the world catch up as best as it can. And perhaps a lot of institutions would consider disobedience at the same time so they need to walk together. Um, to free everything that we call ETV and PTV is a cultural and social act of the highest importance. And we need to frame it that way. It's not an academic project. It's not a research grant. It's not a site that reaches just a few hundred thousand people. We're all doing cool stuff, but it's very hard to frame these projects individually as world-changing. And we need to get the kind of attention. I said a little bit about this this morning that Google got when it said in 04 that it's going to scan books in five great libraries. Front page of the Times. Um, major freakout in the research library field. Totally changed the agenda, reframed the agenda. That next morning, you know, I, I chancellors and, and, and provosts and, and ULs and probably a hundred small schools started fantasizing that they could save a lot of money by closing their stacks, dumping books because it was all going to be on Google. Changed the paradigm. And interestingly enough, it seems evident that Google didn't know very much about how it was going to do this at the time of that announcement. Um, and they, they'd only done a few books, and they had hardly anything in place in terms of contract, but they threw the gauntlet down to the world, as did YouTube, perhaps not expecting to do so, when it became the world's default media archive, as, uh, as did Napster, which Josh, Josh Nathan pointed out. So why can't we? Um, I've been interested in archival access for a long time, and I was just looking for little phrases to, to cannibalize um, from my laptop, and there's a a paper that I wrote in 1993 about why we should open up archives. I was not the only one, but it's too long. And I, I really hope that we could um, maybe find some leaders that are willing to disobey. And that's my, my piece. Thank you. My name is Colin Reinsmith. I'm a digital media producer for the Berkman Center for Internet and Society at Harvard Law School, the research center there, looking at a number of issues related to the internet and society. Uh, I'd like to just quickly thank Peter Kaufman for inviting us to be here. Uh, it's been a very full and exciting conference, and we'd like to thank you all for sticking around. I should also say before starting that this is definitely a pre-Mara Hancock presentation. Um, you'll probably find out why once we uh, show you what we have today, uh, but we definitely look forward to speaking with her after our presentation if possible. So I'd like to first begin briefly with a, a short story that explains how we got here, uh, and then Dean will show you a brief presentation of what we have. As a digital media producer for the Berkman Center, I've been publishing audio and video podcasts at the Berkman Center for the past year and a half on a blog called Media Berkman. And during this time, I've been publishing with a system that's really been cobbled together from a variety of different platforms. Uh, it's not ideal, and the process has been both cumbersome and time-consuming. 
I met Dean, who works for the Participatory Culture Foundation, which you'll hear more about later, uh, when he worked on a video project for the Berkman Center. Uh, at this time, we realized that we needed a better solution for the work that we were both doing. So about six months ago, we sat down to talk about the possibilities for rebuilding the existing Berkman Center Media Library. We knew we wanted a system that would allow students, faculty, and staff to easily upload and share media, including audio, video, and text, like many of the other projects we've seen during this conference. This new media library had to be easy to install, manage, publish with, and browse. We also needed something that wouldn't leave the Berkman Center with a standalone silo of content, which we've also heard about from many others during the past few days. So we did a comprehensive survey of existing solutions and found nothing that specifically met the Berkman Center's needs. Uh, and we still haven't found anything particularly yet, but of course we've learned a lot from this conference and many of the presentations here. We realized that we were in a unique position to build a piece of software that could fill uh, both the needs of the Berkman Center as well as many, of the, many similar institutions. And we also discovered that there were very few established best practices in the space for metadata and centralized searching, among many other things. So it was at that point when we knew the scope of this project was much larger than where it had began. So at this point, I'm going to segue to Dean, who's going to walk you through a conceptual mock-up of the Open Media Library. Hey, I'm Dean Jansen. I work for, I don't know which of these is picking up. I work for the uh, Participatory Culture Foundation. Um, some of you guys might be familiar with the Democracy Player, which is kind of a cool um, free and open source tool for getting video. Sort of the short, the short version of it is that it's kind of like iTunes plus TiVo for video. It's free and open source, released under the GPL cross-platform. Uh, might be of interest to some of you, so check that out. Um, the project that the Berkman Center at Harvard and the PCF uh, are working on together is the Open Media Library. And this is sort of a mock-up that we put together um, of the, the front end of the, the project. Um, and so I'll just do a walkthrough of some of the features. I'll go fairly quickly um, because I imagine that people are a little more interested in some of the technical stuff um, that might be going on behind uh, the front side. So. Um, just some of the bells and whistles. Um, <clears throat> the ability to easily publish um, media, retaining the original format, and also like transcoding to something like Flash, um, having automatic um, playback in sort of like the light box style that pops up right over the screen, doing some Ajax tricks with that, so that any video or audio on the site can be instantly previewed and played back. Um, the ability to get like drop-down drawers with um, more information on anything that you're looking at. <clears throat> so you, you, you can get description, um, uh, star ratings, uh, or you know, user ratings, um, comments, that sort of thing. We're, this, this is not the final design. This is just sort of uh, the very first iteration. So we're thinking of putting in um, social features such as tagging and uh, kind of the, the web 2.0 gamut. Um, and let's see. So if you close that, you're right back to where you started. And um, this next part is sort of where it gets um, a little more into the library aspect of this project. 
So anytime you run a search or look at an author or um, I'm pointing at my screen here, I should be pointing up here. Anytime you're doing a search or looking at an individual author or a project, then you're going to get a page that looks something like this that has all of the media listed by, by type. And this is just how, we're, how we would choose to display it. But this system would be obviously open source and something that someone else could customize. Um, with like Ajax, Ajax drop-down so that you could reveal all of the videos in the project, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> really easy access to the subscription um, functions, RSS, like maybe one-click one iTunes or Democracy, and the ability to choose various formats. Um, and this next portion is another thing that is sort of really key to what we're talking about here. Um, we, we didn't want to create something that would just be that standalone silo so that you visit Berkman's, uh, the Berkman Center's website and you search their video and maybe you find something, maybe not. We wanted to make something that um, if uh, peer institutions were using the same system or they had maybe rolled their own video publishing systems, that the back ends could sort of talk to each other um, in order to do like a centralized cross-site search. So that if I look for... Um, information on uh, internet firewalls at the Berkman Center, then I see a little link that says, we've got these videos, but you might check out uh, these extended results, too. Um, and we've been looking for a, a sort of a, I don't know, best practice or a solution for this, and haven't really found anything that seems suitable. So um, we feel like this could be sort of a project that blazes a new trail in this area. Um, and so that's the end of the, the front side of the presentation. Um, we just end with um, why we think it's necessary. And um, we've definitely had a whole lot of interest in this, um, talking with um, people from uh, public broadcasting, educators, uh, a lot of different educators, um, individuals, um, a lot of interest. So we're just, we feel like the, the dominoes are all lined up, and we're just looking for that final, that, that little push to get started on this thing. Um, and so I welcome any questions or... That's a good question. There is, right now, um, the Berkman Center and, and PCF are ready to start working on it, and we're looking for funders. We put, on, we put out some grant applications, but haven't had any word back yet. I think they're still a ways off from um, being finalized, but um, we're, we sort of need help finding funding, so. I think I should probably also jump in and say that we have done uh, a lot of research and work with other institutions at this point. We had an exciting uh, meeting at the Berkman Center in <coughs> April that brought together folks from MIT, USC, uh, Yale, uh, Emerson College, where I'm a graduate student, uh, folks from public broadcasting and public access television to come together and uh, start, you know, chipping away at, at this at some best practices for a project like this. But obviously, again, to reiterate, um, you know, now we have learned that there are other folks working in the space from being here, so it's very exciting for us. But what that day really helped us to do is really identify some of the key, both technical and legal challenges, which is really so great about this conference because it's exactly what uh, we focused on for our day-long meeting. 
And uh, we are looking forward to bringing back all of what we've learned from this conference to our group there uh, with absolutely the intention of plugging into existing groups that are, are obviously working in this effort so that we can join with uh, other people in this area. So we're, we're very excited about that. This is probably a nice question. Um, I really quickly have my expertise, but if our internet archives are frozen, and then a data such as OAI compiled, that is like 200,000 new objects, and a lot of libraries and collections of data, are they all exclusive? I don't, that, yeah, I mean. I mean, there's That's something that we'll definitely check out. That was, and again, one of the yeah, one of the things we're hoping to learn uh, from others in the space that we can plug into. But um, I think that um, there's a lot of great resources through both of our organizations uh, in terms of people and projects that are going on at both uh, organizations. So uh, we look forward to connecting with folks who are uh, interested in learning more and speaking with us about this. No, this is this is a demo. This is like a mock-up. Um, well, right now the the this is still a conceptualization of the like we're still in the concept phase of the project. So um, we're seeking funding right now and hoping the timeline is within the year. And it and it's really interesting because everybody seems to be saying within the year. So that's another very interesting thing that we've also realized from being. Because everybody seems to be saying exactly the same thing, which is great. Because hopefully, then, you know, again, uh, you know, let's work together on this. Us as well, yeah. So we hope this will be one of the solutions to. Uh, we host it on our own servers, uh, and I publish to a WordPress blog, and that's essentially what uh, what we're doing. But through that, we've realized that WordPress is a great platform that we'd like to try to use for this project uh, and adapt to uh, a system that looks somewhat like we've shown you today. I'm sorry, the name is again? Questions or yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as I know, we have a state program. 
Right. Absolutely, and that's really why we started with this one-day working group at the Berkman Center that brought folks together from so many different institutions, including public broadcasting and public access, and found that folks were very interested. Pretty much most people were saying if there was, you know, if, if this existed today, they would use it. And that's been great to hear. And through that, we've been gaining letters of support and um uh, getting agreements from folks to continue working together and collaborating through this process. Absolutely. I, I can address that with two separate points. Um, like the first is that um, the, at, at PCF, we take a fairly like user-centric point of view with the software that we build um, and try and make it so that both um, like installing it in the case of a peer institution and um, using it from more the viewer, the user side, um, that's like top priority because we know that if it's not easy to put together and to use, that people just won't use it. Um, and the second, the second um, thing is that we are um, talking with a number of different institutions. Um, I'm supposed to be meeting with uh, someone from KQED um, in another week or so. Um, Ken Friedman from WFMU is we're going to talk tomorrow, um, and he's interested in what we're doing. And uh, so, we're tr yes, I think we are tr trying to. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, just to just to push back because I think it's uh, don't want to make it seem like I haven't thought about some of these issues, but I definitely appreciate appreciate the feedback and don't want to take up everybody's time on this. But I think that one of the things we're thinking about is, you know, what is, what is the core of a platform like this? What does it need to have to just at its very base be able to upload and use to install on an institution's platform? And so we've been collecting uh, uh, feedback from different people to get a sense of what are the common areas that everybody agrees on are, are the needs. And then from there, we've been identifying 
well, what are some of the modules that could be adapted or built on later or would be specific sort of layers of need based on, you know, starting from this core, core platform, so, um, which has been really helpful in informing this project. So absolutely, yes, that, of course, important. Yeah. It's different because it's not open. That's well, his is a company, but the the project itself, I mean. It sort of the difference between like what Mara was talking about and um, with Vfinity, uh, you wouldn't have the flexibility that you would have with something like this in order to um, integrate it into your existing systems and make it. Um, I mean, it, it just sort of is fundamentally different in that it's a closed code base. There's a there's sort of a, a, a fairly low scale retail and bulk publishing solution without a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. Or can I ask, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a big hole right now. There isn't really, an, as far as I know, an easy way to implement open source CMS and media content management, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, the, mean, the closest thing is Drupal. It's Drupal, right. And some people are using it for Drupal, but not a lot. And there isn't a lot of commonized systems about how to do that. It would be great. There are a lot, a lot of people in the nonprofit community, whether they are on the developing education world, they're using both clone and Google for uh, really rich media. They are. Right now. And so I, I would actually be really appreciative if you could throw up a comparison. I mean, the term is on his head. I wonder if uh, you actually looked at latching onto or attaching to some of the communities that are traveling directly and really close, maybe, to landing the, the repository problem as opposed to trying uh, to maybe jam that into uh, a blogging platform Maybe there there may be some confusion confusion here. Um, Colin mentioned WordPress, but we're not. This isn't built in or on top of WordPress. Okay, so I, okay. so again, I still would, would wonder uh, why, as a first step, you wouldn't be you know going out to the, um, the mature, sophisticated projects and attempting to latch on or add thin layer on top of those to accomplish this. I understand design wise, you don't want to be encumbered by the Platform. That's exactly. But, but I mean, you do need to uh, kind of be in the middle at some point. So, right. So, as opposed to starting from scratch, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, the, the we've thought a lot about um, doing something on top of like Drupal or, or a system like Clone or something like that. Um, and they're really great. We've been we've had some bad experiences experiences with Drupal in the past. In that it's really great as a flexible 
um, CMS that can do a lot of different things, but that flexibility brings um, a, a lot of encumbrance to the publishing side of things so that you can't really design the, the, the workflow and the user experience that would be the best for publishing media. Um, of course, I'm not interested in starting a, a platform war here right this second, but I guess it's, uh, it's very easy to, to naively approach a project like this and think that those problems are, are simple, and yet like these mature and sophisticated projects have been grappling with them for years. Yeah. Internationalization and merging workflow. So uh, you're going to need to confront those, and, and they might look simple from the outset, but then they're trying to play. So you know, that, that's why those projects can take years to mature. Right. I don't think at all we, we think this is going to be simple, though. And, and we're absolutely interested in learning uh, from other folks working in the space. So that's, I just want to be very clear about well, that. Well, my question is why wouldn't you start from the outset with the notion that you're going to latch onto an existing community right. as opposed to starting Oh, we think Internet Archive is, it's great. Um, and actually, it's something that if, like, an individual, if, if an individual was um, using uh, something like this, um, we would probably default to Internet Archive as a place to publish, too, um, because you're going to have to store the media somewhere. Um, that's our media. Our media is basically that. Something like this could be flexible enough to do either. Um, you, you could point to um, different media elements anywhere on the web and, and publish them through something like this, or store them in a local server. Or I mean, does that kind of answer your question? Uh, conference is over, and uh, I, I think you've spontaneously generated an interest group that can work in an open way with, with uh, full revelation on all parts of all uh, intellectual property. And uh, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, end the conference by uh, thanking Peter and Maurice and the staff that made the conference possible. And, uh, And please continue the discussion, but we're going to formally close the conference. Great to meet you.